Hello, and welcome to episode 76 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Steven, don't get hit by the giant meat cleaver. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's neither here nor All right, there. get off. What are we doing? No, now? no, no, no. We're having fun. We're having fun. Uh, so, yeah, we are sitting around, and we got games to talk about today, and we got some Bravely Default, a little bit of Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy thirteen, Mega Whoop-de-doo, and guess what? We're going to talk about Diablo 3 a little bit. I know, I know. Everyone's going to be really upset with me. All right, let's make introductions. Let's get the introductions going here. That was Steven Meyerink. Hey, us on the boards. Your friendly yeah. neighborhood half-music host. Yep. Uh, Steven, I play everything on Easy Meyerink. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh then we also have kyle i hate bravely default dm kylie miller on the boards and i don't think the word hate was ever used uh, no that's incorrect i don't I know he gave, i'll address that later he, he didn't give the game a 90 that means he hates it that's true that's what the internet says to me right? oh yeah true. Forgot about good that. point good point okay see 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 it's all about logic and that's then and then Derek, I also hate Bravely Default. <laughs> you need to shut the hell up. Bob is just trolling. Anyway, I'm Derek. I'm Embryon on the boards. I'm in a trolling mood. I spent the whole day making life miserable for my students. And now oh, yeah, tell us. Tell us what happened. <laughs> Do I have to tell the story again now? Well, yeah, because you said it once. They already. haven't you heard it. Saved it. Okay, all right. Now I'll tell this. Well, you guys have heard it. I don't know if people are interested in me being a terrible human being. Uh so, um, so today, especially interested in that. <laughs> so today in class, uh, we finally got our new piece of technology in the classroom. These Apple TVs that I can use to kind of mirror my iPad or anything like that in the classroom. You can do some really cool stuff with it. And so the first thing we did as a class is we watched uh, Power Thirst Rocket Edition. <laughs> so I just figured that if, if you're going to start off, you got to start off with the best possible. And so then I walked away from my students for a little bit because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we got a test coming up. I want you guys to solve some problems, ask me some questions. And, yeah, we'll get ready for the test probably late next week. And then I walk away for about 10 minutes and come back, and they're just kibitzing on the iPad, like, watching YouTube videos and everything. So I just look at them, and I go, yeah, uh, your test is tomorrow. I'll see you all later. You're so evil. <laughs> so I walk out of the room, and they're all just going, is he, is he serious? And so, yeah, that, that kind of happened, and I'm looking... So, so are you actually going to give them the test tomorrow? I haven't decided yet. I mean, we're, we're sitting here, it's like, what, about 10.30 at night, uh, Eastern Standard Time? Yeah, I, I haven't decided yet. You're going to walk in, throw the test on the floor, be like, praise the sun, and walk out. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. It depends on what kind of mood I am, uh, what kind of mood I'm in at that point. So, I don't know. I don't know. But we got games to talk about. We ready to talk about games? It's almost like this is a gaming podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So, you want to start off with Bravely Default? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right, all right, all right. So, a little Bravely contentious. Default. Kyle, you hated it. Um, I think that My was God. clear. He's a troll. <laughs> don't, don't, don't lead the conversation in a certain direction, Rob. Let Kyle speak. Okay, Kyle, tell us how much you hated it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why I don't come on here anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I Bravely Default is a game that I really, like, I don't get the adoration for it. I don't think it's a bad game, and I don't hate it. I think it's, like, pretty average. But I don't think it has, like, any kind of charm or personality. So I really don't understand why people seem to adore it. Steven, maybe you can tell us, because you seem to. Uh... It's kind of funny, because I would say the exact opposite. I actually, and again, I mean no disrespect, because I think it's 
purely, you know, based on your own experience, but I actually think it's very charming, particularly the characters. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Final Fantasy IX, some of my favorite Tales games, in that I really like the banter between the cast. Uh, it's not, and I don't mean this is a slight to you, it's not Witcher-quality philosophizing <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> drama. It's, it's very squarely in the realm of JRPG, kind of, you know, having fun saving the world. Uh, and, you know... Um, a part of, a point of contention I know a lot of people have is the various bad guys that you get jobs from, uh, because some of them are like over the top, hilariously evil villains that you just murder and steal their job. Wait, wait a minute, you get oh oh you get I, I thought you meant like side quests and stuff. I was like, why are the bad guys giving you jobs? Like, well, see, yeah, no, what it is is uh, you get a lot of you get some jobs <laughs> from the story, and you get some as side quests where you'll do a side quest where you follow this plot line, and at the end of it, you'll fight a bad guy, who is the main bad guy, sort of that little side quest, and. Uh, There'll be a certain job, and when you beat them, you get what's called uh, an item called an asterisk, and that unlocks a new job. Oh, okay. Do, and, do you get uh, a choice of which job it unlocks, or is no? It... It's it's whatever job that bad guy was. Okay, so like, gotcha. You know, you'll fight uh, you'll fight a summoner in one of the side quests. So when you beat him slash her, you get the summoning asterisk, and you can become a summoner. Okay, so if you want um, to get a job like as a milkman, you got to beat the milkman. You boss. have to beat the piss out of the milkman. Yes. Yeah, just okay, like in real life. Um, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Right and some some of those are a there little bit like there can be only one. Some of them are kind of non-starters. Like, there's a, a, one of the stories I think is interesting is the thief storyline, where it's this character who displays all these traits of having a lot of backstory, and he explains it, and he is sympathetic, but then you kill him, and that's it. Why so you know? I, I do think that's actually my big issue with the job quests in general, yeah, actually, or the villains. But some of them are non-starters. Some of them are more interesting. Um, the main story itself is what you'd expect from like a a Final Fantasy game in that style. Um, but again, I think it's the writing, because I actually disagree with Kyle. I think the writing is very clever. Um, I think it's intuitively written, and there's a lot of creative liberties they took compared to the Japanese. And the characters all have a lot of personality and charm that I like a lot. Um, and I think I part of it, too, is visually how the characters look, because they all, they all have a really particular visual style. And, you know, I find it charming. Um, I've laughed wrong. a lot of times at the dialogue. The writing isn't the worst. I mean, it's, I'd say it's competent most of the time. But there's just something kind of artless about the game. Despite it being, like, aesthetically pleasing, it just almost feels, it feels artless, is, I guess, the best way to, that I can put it. Kind of like a manufactured feeling? Is that what you're kind of saying? Like, Yeah, it has that. And I touched on that in my review, but it's just kind of a mess. Like, certain aspects of it are, like, gorgeous you know like the town design is just filled with imagination and beauty but then other aspects of it like the, just the basic down to the basic structure of the game make it feel like uh just like a basic product and uh just very artless and i think it it has this kind of weird lack of identity because of that that really put me off i get kind of a similar sense actually um because i still haven't made very much progress in the game which is horrible I'm in chapter one still, but my Narende is completely rebuilt. Everything's at max already. Because, <laughs> well, you know, I like to, I take it to work or university yeah. or whatever, and then I get street passes, and I come home at the end of the night, and I think, oh, yeah, I should play Bravely Default. And then I boot it up, do my town, and then I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this right now. Um, I could make time, of course. But, yeah, I think, like, um, my issue... So, I like Bravely Default. Um, pro- more than Kyle, maybe less than Steven. I... I absolutely love, like, the soundtrack is freaking phenomenal, and we've gone over this many times, especially on Rhythm Encounter. 
But um, I think it has a lot of really good components. But what I keep experiencing, I guess, is that I feel like a lot of it is underdeveloped in terms of characterization or, um, I don't know, it's like you were saying earlier about the, the villains. So, yeah, you get these little side quests where you pursue a villain and you get this little little story arc and at the end you beat that villain and then you get their job but as far as i can see those characters never return and it's like you're building these identities up and then you just kill them and you don't even get a post-battle cutscene of rah i recant my evil ways it's just like they're gone by <laughs> well they, technically they, they return they I return when say... the game makes you do the same thing five times in a row yeah it oh, does cool. that okay i want to have a separate discussion on that but derek finish up your point there no, I just I feel like uh, I feel like it keeps starting to build interesting characters and then it just washes them away immediately and I'm getting irritated because I I want to get attached to the characters and I think that the main cast is fine. Um I actually agree with Kyle that I think as so far as far as I've progressed, I think Ringabell is really obnoxious. I think his um his actual like I like his voice and he's kind of roguish, but the fact that he just absolutely enters he enters every conversation and to borrow Kyle's term he poisons it with where are all the ladies at I just want to see the it's ladies so... are there any ladies so many ladies really? and it's like it's I like, actually I think that's I see I actually think that's hilarious like I don't because I don't like the well, same joke being repeated then in again every Steven, it's not even... Steven also likes Sedane so you know eh. for me see, it's not sorry sorry I, I, see I don't think it as I, I don't like the use of the word poison because I mean, obviously, I, I don't think it's poison to the conversations. He's clearly used for comedic effect. Um, his character has more nuance to it, but that's like his, his go-to joke. But I don't feel like the game isn't aware of that, and I, this is why I, I so heavily disagree with you both, because the game very quickly acknowledges that, all right, this is Ring of Bell's joke, and everyone starts to kind of get annoyed with it. So then they start to have this meta joke built in where people expect him to do that, and he starts reacting to people expecting him to be it, he'd be like, "Well, yeah, that's what I think," but and yeah, but just be, just because the game is aware that something it does is annoying doesn't mean it's not annoying. See, I think they're making fun of it, though. They are, but at the same time, it's still happening. So, like, it's still, and it's not even like I know some people said, other reviewers said it was like kind of sexist, and there were sexist aspects of the game, and that's not even what I am concerned about. I just think that it's just kind of it's just annoying and un- uncreative, I guess. Uh, I will say on a positive note that Adia is amazing, and uh, Murgerger is the best catchphrase of 2014 already. <laughs> what, what is it? Mur- I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like I, she, she says Murgerger, and yeah. they voice it really funny in the English yeah. and the Japanese. She does this little. She has this little quirk where when she gets frustrated, she goes Murgerger, and it's uh, okay. spelled out M R G R G R G R. And for some reason, I find that really amusing and cute. But it's really and apparently, I don't know tastes, but whatever. <laughs> So I think you'll find, like, whether or not you like the characters will be up for debate. Um, and to throw Kyle a bone, I agree. The dungeon design is a little bit flat because it's kind of like, here's a dungeon, run through, kill monsters, fight the boss. However, yeah. I don't feel like that's the focus of the game at all. The focus of the game is very squarely on the combat. Um, well, and I, yeah. I feel like that combat is good enough that it carries you through the entire experience. Because I'm never I'm not concerned with... When I get to the dungeon, like, oh, I want to be sorting out puzzles and nonsense. Obviously, I'd like that, but I'm almost always thinking the metagame of what am I doing here with my characters customization-wise because the degree of freedom you have to do stuff is 
fairly astounding. And it's, that's why I am pushing you so much to play it, Rob, because you're a guy who likes good combat. And this is a game that has fantastic combat and awesome character progression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... it also doesn't waste your time. Now, there is a, there is a point where one of the, la- the last chapter, I know what happens in the last chapter because somebody spoiled the game for me. So I said to hell with it and looked up the last chapter to see what the thing everyone didn't like is. And it is a little bit lame. Um, it's a it's a padding. It's definitely padding. Um, but I see myself finishing it anyway because of how much I enjoy building my characters up. But yeah, that's that, definitely going to become a point. It's it's a it's a fair point. That's I think that's the thing that's going to determine if you like this game. Is the job system? Do you like the job system enough to deal with all this other stuff? Because really, it, like it is the it is like the job system, the game. <laughs> I mean, the job system, the game. That's like Thanks, every, John. everything Thanks, is big. John. Yeah, like John called it RPG, the the RPG or something, but I would say it's the job system, the RPG, because it seems like everything revolves around that. And the job system is really good. I think it's has some tiny flaws, but that's like all there is for me. I mean, did they really... I read in a review, you know, not to get to spoilers or anything like that, so I'm not going in that direction, Better but not. do... Do you really have to do the same thing five times to finish the game? Yes. What? There are differences. The di- you know, the dialogue changes and things like that, but you go through a segment of the game five times. Cuz it was yeah. so much fun the first time? Uh well, yes, it was fun you the know, first time. Yeah, I uh I, I I haven't played the game except for the demo. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but no, and I, I hear, like it a lot. I, I hear I that like coming off negative. Uh, no, I don't. I don't mean to be coming off negative, but you know, when I hear Stephen telling me the game's not going to waste my time, and then I hear that, like I said, the game's focused on the combat. Okay. Okay. And in the combat, you know, you have the you have the ability to turn up the speed if you you know if you're wanting to grind your jobs, which <clears throat> not that I've done that at all. Uh, <laughs> you can boost the encounter rate to like two hundred percent, or you can turn it off. So if you're like, I just want to get through this dungeon and get back to the story. You can do that. You can literally, if you feel confident in your level, you can turn the encounters off, blast through the dungeon, and then get back to what you enjoy doing. So the game doesn't force you to sit in a scenario you don't want to be in for very long. Like, if you want to just walk around on the world map and you don't feel like screwing around, like you're trying to run all the way around to get to a side quest or something, turn off encounters. Yeah, it absolutely has a ton of features, and for the sake of convenience, that many, many games should probably take take, take a page out of. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to say that I want to see all of these features in every game because that would be, you know, then everything would be super uniform and uh, I don't know. But but I really like the ability to do things like adjust your encounter rate and um, uh, change the difficulty at will and other things like that. Be able to speed up battles, especially. So when you're grinding, you can speed it up, up to four times. Um, so you can basically skip through the animations in case you just really want to grind um I tend to keep it on normal or maybe too fa- at fastest because I feel like if it's on four all the time, it's going by a little bit too fast, and I'm kind of playing command menu the game rather than you know an actual <laughs> yeah. RPG. Yeah, yes. I, uh, I I find that I like watching the battles, so I don't unless I'm grinding. Uh, I leave it on. I don't. I don't. I, I grind on four, but then when I'm playing, I usually leave it on two unless I get like attacks I want to watch because um, two is quick enough that I can still see what's happening, but it's not you know. I'm still getting, you know, more efficiency out of my time, I guess. I love the customization options, though, in this game. I mean, they, like, 
made the game for me. I mean, or rather they kept it from being even more tedious, I think. Like, the ability to turn off random encounters entirely is just awesome. Yeah, it kind of acknowledges, you know, it's not that random encounters are inherently bad, but they're they're a thing that was designed based on limited technology. You know, you can't yeah. have a monster show up on the map. Now we can do monsters on the map, which is fun too, so if you don't want to fight it, you just avoid it. Whereas here, it's kind of like a, a concession between those two things. If you want to get into tons of fights, put it at 200. If you just want to have classic turn-based random encounters because you think that's awesome, leave it at 100. If you want, you know, only to get into fights when you want to get into fights, just manipulate it as you will. Hmm. Um, there's also, I think there's three difficulty modes. I don't know. I just saw hard and clicked into that. But Actually, the I really like the uh, difficulty level of the game. Even on normal, um, I think it has a real... And it's super adjustable, but... At the same time, like just keeping it as as it is, it's pretty good, pretty steady, challenging. The boss. Yeah, I feel like the game, if you put it on hard, acknowledges that you're able to grind a lot because the bosses can be really tough. Um, but it's scaled such that, like, you know, you'll go through ups and downs, but it's scaled such that they they sort of expect you to get into the combat mm-hmm. and want to build up your party. So they 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 have the bosses powered appropriately that. You know, if you've made your party a bunch of gods, you're not just going to insta-kill everything. I mean, there are occasions where you're going to do that. Um, especially if you level ahead of where they sort of expect you to be at that time. But that's, that's a, that's, in, that's a, I wouldn't call it a flaw, but it's a, that's a foible of that kind of design inherent in any game with that style. Like, Final Fantasy Tactics can become the easiest game in the world after the first battle if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And this, this falls prey to that same thing, because I spent a very large amount of time grinding at the beginning of Chapter 2. Like, I got a bunch of my jobs to level 10. And this is in the Flower City, Kyle. And mm-hmm. literally, I fought two job bosses, and I killed them in four turns. And it was awesome, because <laughs> I felt like I'd earned it. But then yeah. when I moved ahead, yeah. bosses became difficult again. So it wasn't like I felt like I was so powerful. Right. And the way they've scaled the jobs is that, you know, you, you, you'll find a combination that works, but then you'll fight a boss who you really need to, you know, change up what you're doing. At least I've found a little bit. Where, you know, you're not just, I found a godlike combination, I'm never changing. I guess, uh, I guess for me, I really like Bravely Default, and I wanted to like it more. I, I, I guess I'm just a little let down. I, I hate to say let down, because that implies that my expectations were too high or whatever, but I guess I, I'm just kind of sad that the characterization is as weak as it is with most of the side characters from what I've seen so far. I mean, I'm really early in the game, so I feel like I'm maybe not making the fairest assessment by saying that. Some of them are better than others, but they all do have that sort of, like even I'm playing and I'm like, all right, I would have liked to have talked to that thief after I murdered him. That like sense of morality. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's like kind of like, like the side quests are pretty meaty, but at the same time, they're just kind of like, okay, that's done. Move on. Yeah, they, They end too quickly. Like, it feels almost kind of murderous occasionally where you're like, oh, hello, new person with a serious uh, problem. And they work through it. They're working through it. And then you're like, I'm going to murder you now. Then you murder them and you steal their soul. And yeah, then you're like, all right, bye. I, I don't see what the dark. problem is here. All right, so it, it's funny. I will say that they did a poll after the game came out in Japan because we got the for the sequel version, which is like it's like Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. It's got extra stuff in it and refined difficulty and stuff. And yeah, one of the no, things no, they no. found out in this survey is – they, the people said, a lot of Japanese gamers said, you know, we want more meaty side quest stories. Like, we want, like, they said that they end too abruptly. And they've already said, 
Mm. In this sequel, they're aware that's one of their flaws, so they're really going to be working on that. That's one of the things they're going to be working on. So I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with it as it is. It could be better, but I'm also happy to know that they're not blind to the fact that that is a flaw in the, the way they're telling their story. I certainly don't hate it. I just find it, I guess, uninteresting, you know? I'll just keep listening to the soundtrack. That's fine. I mean, I'm going to keep playing the game, but... Soundtrack is so good, especially the. Uh, I just Kinda discovered the the live, the live concert Lux and Dark Kiko. Yeah, I want that Blu-ray. It's so, so good. good. Just wait to. I want you to beat the game so you can hear how amazing the final boss song is. Yeah, I've still not heard a bit of the music just because I've purposely kept myself from listening. It's one of those games musically where they keep all their motifs in. We're stealing That's the what show I love. To talk. But you know, they, what all four of the characters have a theme song that plays when they do a super attack. And mm-hmm. they're all really cool songs, I think. And uh, those songs get worked throughout the storyline in appropriate battles. And it's, it's really cool how they did that. Do we have a date for the sequel? No. Like in Japan? Or are they just working on it? I don't on it. think so. I don't think they, they, they haven't they revealed showed, anything, have they? They showed screenshots and they showed oh, the main they? character and stuff. Yeah, and then there's a trailer for it, like... Kingdom Hearts style in this one if you like do some sort of thing. I think if you put the Konami code in you can watch the trailer. Yeah, they actually just announced that today that if you put in the Konami <laughs> oh, code, really? literally the Konami code, you get to see the uh the teaser trailer without beating the game, but I mean I'll wait. It's it's spoilers though. Um it's got mega spoilers, so Yeah, so don't don't watch it. If you read that anywhere, that news story, do not do that code unless you've beaten the game. Unless you really love spoilers. Is yeah, it is, is it a bunch of dudes in black cloaks running up God, yeah. I hope so. Maybe they can salvage that plot. No, no, they they, <laughs> they can't. I disagree. Trust me, they they can't. Trust the guy who hasn't played all the Kingdom Hearts games. I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. There's like 10 billion of them, and I can't even figure out the order. I told you which not... ones to play. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll play the one that has a freaking fraction in it at some point. No, I didn't, say to, I didn't say to play that one. Oh, okay, sorry. Just watch the cutscenes from that one. Sorry, sorry. I got, I got confused. <sighs> Yeah, Bravely Default. Uh, I'm actually glad we had divided opinions on it here. Not because I don't like being agreed with, but um, it's ver- <laughs> the, the general consensus on the Nets is very positive, I think. So I think it's it helps you to... Uh, I'm actually writing an editorial sort of about this where you can still love something and have it be flawed. And I think people are like ver- become very bad at realizing that. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I can say, I love Bravely Default. It's Probably my favorite 3DS game, maybe maybe tied with Link Between Worlds. But it's easily the one I'm going to have the most hours on, and it it really appeals to me, and I love it. But I'm also not going to be like, no, the plot is perfect. Like I acknowledge, Ring a Bell could be irritated to people, and I could see why. I find it amusing, but that's because he reminds me of Zelos from Tales of Symphonia, and I think his plot arc is actually very similar to that. Uh, but it's not like like you can you could say, yeah, this isn't this this could have been done better, and still have had a great experience with the game. Yeah, that's fair. I feel that way about some. Unfortunately, everyone will think that I hate JRPGs now. But I mean, you do. You don't like Xenoblade. You don't like. Uh, you don't like Bravely Default. That is pretty egregious. Kyle doesn't hate any of those games. Oh, he hated Xenoblade. Come on, no, I, no, I did not. <laughs> he said it was pretty good. There was no Witcher in it. It mm. immediately loses three points on his scale because of that. <laughs> Well, you're really painting. You're painting very broad strokes here. I, I really am, and I should apologize. Making Kyle into a very one-dimensional person. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Four or five dimensions, like 4D space. (laughs) No, I love, I, I loved parts of Xenoblade Chronicles, and I really like the first, like, two thirds of it. Yeah, it does kind of go on a little too long. I think I, I can definitely agree with that. But and that, that's that's actually an interesting. I don't want to hijack the discussion, but that's actually an interesting discussion to be had. I think too that I'm sure we've touched on it before. But Xenoblade and Brave the Default, a big complaint I hear from a lot of people is that both of them go on too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually it, it, it's interesting, you know, because like you want to have more to the game you like, especially like when we were younger. I was like, oh my god, I want every game to be nine million hours long. But now I actually appreciate a story that knows when to end. But on the other hand, it's like it. It's a, I wouldn't want to be the developer that has to make a game and advertise it as a product. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a really tough balance to strike because there's the difference between actual length and artificial length, as we've discussed, padding yeah. to them. I like, think it's just Persona like, 4 Golden is a long game, but it's meaningful all the way through. And it should never end. Yeah, like I that's like, a game that I don't want to end, but that's because. Yeah, it's Derek, I like the, the way that you put that, and I. You said that in a previous podcast, too. It's meaningful all the way through. Like, I think there's an issue. The issue is not length. It's, like, the structure of the game and, like, the quality of the narrative and what's actually happening, the minute-to-minute quality of what's going on. Right. Because in a game like Persona 4, which I hate to keep coming back to the same examples, but Persona 4 is amazing, so deal with it. Um and you're Persona gonna get a lot more of it, so you better be you better deal with it. <laughs> yeah, everything that happens in Persona Four is is relevant or does in some way builds up a character or provides you with some kind of interesting uh, development or uh, resolution to a subplot or whatever it may be. You know, like the social links may have. I, I mean, at, at worst, the social links may have a couple of dud moments when it's like you hung out and ate ramen and had a small conversation, but. It's always entertaining because you're always invested in seeing where it's going to go next. And that's the same mm-hmm. for the main plot as well because the main plot is constantly progressing and you're learning new details, maybe little details, but they're still details that pull you further and further into the mystery until the very end when you're like, oh crap, I got I to gotta end this. Um, but games where the last third or last quarter turns into, remember all of the magic shrines that you went to? You should go <laughs> back to all those magic shrines it's like really, and then you you know same dungeon, uh, exact same enemies but higher level, and then you get back to the to the end to fight a new boss, and that's not you know that's not again I I'm gonna reuse the word meaningful because it's just there I, you're just doing things mechanically you know and unless the actual game like the battle system or whatever like the, the core gameplay mechanics are really really excellent like in and this is actually where we can make an argument in Bravely Default's favor because. The combat is really good, and the job the job system is really good. So if that's enough to elevate it for you beyond the tedium of having to repeat the same things, fine. But a lot of games kind of fall into that trap and don't have enough to pull themselves back out of the, I don't know, quagmire of repetition, whatever. Yeah, saying. yeah, that's the thing is, it for me it sort of depends on the game. Like, if you have a game where your system is limited and, like, like you really don't want to be doing the same thing over and over again. But if you have a game where... There's a lot of customization and sort of the focus is on that sort of player driven kind of like you get what you put in out of it. I don't mind as much, but that's not to say I wouldn't enjoy having more unique things going on. Right. Okay. All right. So Bravely Default. Uh, I think it's, you know, divisive, but I think overall everybody likes it to an extent. You know, maybe just wasn't the, the big giant 
game that a lot of people were hoping for, but still well, fun, right? A lot of people, apparently just not us quite as much, and by us, I mean Kyle and I. We're, we're yeah, I think I'm, I've never, I haven't seen, like, any other critical opinions of it, to be honest. I think it got, like, 170 in review, but, like, I haven't seen much else other than that. We're just jaded, we really guys. It. We just we hate everything. I don't think I'm so. A... I'm pretty damn enthusiastic about everything, and I don't know. I don't know why it's not pushing all my buttons, but it's still a great game. It's it's one of those games where like visually, it 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 jeez with me. Uh, orally, it absolutely does. And gameplay, it, it it hits all of the things that I especially love. Um, so like I'm playing it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what my brain hooks into. It's awesome combat, great customization, and rad music. So I'm just sitting there like, woohoo! That's good. I'm happy with that. We should we should uh, be happy about appreciating games. It's fun when games are good. You want to talk crap about another game right now? Speaking of games or series that may be gone too on too long, but maybe not. Is that I'm what we're go getting into? I'm gonna go with it has gone on too long, and I'm saying that as a big fan of Final you're Fantasy this, 13. You're saying this as their friend. I'm telling you as your friend that your makeup you as your like friend, crap, you need to stop. And your ass looks huge in those jeans. You're but, making your um, dad cry. Thank you. I was hoping it would. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Huh? Oh god. Oh god. So, so lightning returns, right? So last podcast I mentioned, you know, sort of offhandedly, or I couldn't really get into to detail because I was embargoed. But I was playing Lightning Returns, and uh, it's a pretty cool game. I definitely have a lot of issues with it, but my review illustrated those issues, I think, fairly well. Uh, I feel like I was probably leaning positive uh, overall, and I seem to be one of the more positive reviews on the net of the game. I just think that... Well, that you know, there are myriad issues. Mostly, they lie in the fact that Lightning Returns doesn't really feel like part of Final Fantasy XIII's mythology. Um, it has that. It has the core cast, but... Everything is so far removed that it's kind of like, why is this even within the same series? Like, it's it is weirdly bizarre. Like, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. So, quick synopsis is basically that uh, crap went down, and uh, <laughs> so at Final Fantasy thirteen, they tried to save the world. Blah blah blah. Um, Lightning got pulled into Valhalla and became the knight of the goddess Etro. Blah blah blah. Uh, time distortions. I'm saying blah blah blah, not time out of disrespect, but just because it, it's you know it's incredibly complicated. And I will say convoluted. I'm not going to say incomprehensible because it is comprehensible. You just have to do a lot of work to to understand what's going on, and it's presented very badly. Although I'm not saying that it's a bad story, and that's a, I think that's an important distinction to make. And I said as much in my review because a lot of people just flat out immediately say that the story in Final Fantasy 13 is not sensical, and it's. Well, I don't I, don't I think know that's that seems kind of lazy to me. Like, oh, it's just confusing. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. I think I, I mean I, that um well, okay, I don't Steven, I don't want to make the stupid comment, but I think I'm going to make the comment that Rob just made. Which is I what? like the story in Kingdom Hearts, but I'll be the first person to tell you that it's badly told and convoluted, and I get the sense yeah. that it's the same deal that's with this. That's what I'm this. saying. I'm saying yeah, the that's same what thing. I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying that a lot of people say it's confused the confusion argument as like, oh, it's just a bad story. No, I, I would I say... I, I, I can see what you guys are saying there. I would say that for me, Final Fantasy thirteen was just... I think incomprehensible is the right word, but it wasn't just that. It's like, I can take an incomprehensible story if I'm into some aspect of the game 
if it's the world environment, if it's the way it plays, if it, something, but nothing in that game grabbed me, and I just felt absolutely no connection to any of the characters, to any of the actions. It was all just silliness to me. And, you know, I can handle a lot of silliness. I love silly stuff, but th- there was just nothing in it that I could grasp onto, if that well, makes sense. So, so, rather, so basically, um, you know, following the zaniness of time distortions in 13.2, Lightning Returns takes place a full 500 years in the future. Basically, like, the world fell into this weird temporal anomaly where nobody's aging anymore, and uh, Lightning comes back as the savior to save their souls. And why is she the savior? You'll find out to an extent in the game. Um, But because it is 500 years in the future, it's like, I mean, it's a completely new world, and the reasoning for that is the chaos came out and swallowed everything up, basically, and then sort of mutated the their land that exists, and whatever is left is this new world called Nova Crystallia, or Nova Crystallia, excuse me. Um, but, but like, the, so characters are existing, but they they don't actually... I mean, they, they seem like they remember what happened in the previous games, or they, they make reference to it, but it just feels so disconnected that I don't understand, like, this would have been a much better game with a fresh cast and no tie-ins to Final Fantasy thirteen. Like, if the main character was not Lightning, and if... It wouldn't change. But, but, but almost everything else... I mean, not everything else, because the way that it's presented is, once again, poor. It's, very, it's poorly presented, again, but still has a pretty interesting story, for the most part. Um... You know, they they could have gone with the same setting and the same theme and the same overall plot structure, and had it not been tied to FF13, I think it would have been a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other issues in the game for sure, but to me, the narrative factored into how I, you know, my enjoyment of the game very very strongly because I'm so invested in Final Fantasy 13, or at least I was. And I'm not saying that this ruined it or anything, but you know, it's over now, so I'm ready, I'm kind of ready to move on. Um, I will say that it had a really good ending, I thought. I thought it had a very conclusive ending that answered most of my questions. And it has a nice little epilogue, I think, that leaves it a little bit open, but not too open. Um, So, at the very least, I got some satisfaction from completing the game. But anyway, outside of the narrative, um, Lightning Returns is also... I'm not going to say a mess. I'm, I'm very careful to, like... I, I want to pick the right words here when I describe stuff because I don't want to come off too negative or too positive. It's it's just very haphazard. Um, I don't it know. feels like it's a weird combination of ideas that were refined from user input and original ideas. Yeah, and there are some things about it that are really cool and some things that are kind of lame. Like, the combat is really great. Um, very, very responsive, very fast. But... It's really, really difficult sometimes. Like, I would say it verges on uneven in terms of difficulty, just in that you'll find you'll get into a random encounter where it can just you can get stomped, and you have to be really careful with your blocks and stuff. And it doesn't feel quite. I I don't know how to compare it to another game without referencing Dark Souls, which I hate doing. <laughs> is, so it's the Dark Souls of Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Thirteen. 13. Is that is that what you're saying? Shut your mouth. Uh... No. I, I feel like in a game like Dark Souls, um, it's very risk, you know, risk reward in terms of combat, where you have to really be on your toes and be ready to block and stuff. And Lightning Returns feels a little bit like that, um, maybe not quite as punishing. Although, unlike the previous two games, your HP doesn't restore after battles. You have to actually manage recovery items, which is kind of cool. Um, gives a a little bit of a like a survival ish aspect, but uh, I don't know. I I don't really know where to go from combat like combat is 
probably the best part of the game, but I kind of started to tire of it um, as I approached the end. I was just kind of over it. I, I enjoyed s- switching out my costumes and or schema and earning new costumes and stuff. That was cool. Um, I, don't, I don't know where to go from here. Like, I, you know, I could talk How about the music. So you, you liked it, How? but it's How a flawed product that maybe went, went on a little I mean, it sounds like you were just kind of, like, fatigued. How much of that was that this is the third game in the series? That's a lot of it, I think, because if this was, like I said, if it would have had a completely fresh narrative and a fresh cast, I wouldn't have had that fatigue going in. Mm-hmm. And because all of that was there, and I, you know, like I said, I was also interested in the story, and I, I really genuinely wanted resolution for a lot of these plot threads and these character arcs. And I felt like I got it somewhat, but it wasn't in the way that I expected, which is okay. But I just, I don't know. Um, it, it, it definitely, there was definitely a, a Fatigue played a huge part in it, just because I was like, oh my god, this is still going on. And even as somebody who really likes it, I can recognize that it's kind of worn out its welcome, you know? Um, but overall, I would say that Lightning Returns is a... It's a game, it's a flawed game that's definitely enjoyable. Um, yeah, I'm... Steven, Steven's telling me there's nothing wrong with being a critical voice. And I'm, I'm not trying to apologize for having a, a negative-leaning opinion on it. I just want to be fair. Like, whenever I... Yeah, I'll criticize it. I'm not going to change my opinion i just i want to be fair in my presentation of that opinion mm-hmm. um it has pretty good music it uh we've talked about that also but it's it has a way to, yeah it's very different it has a pretty consistently melancholy tone um that's far removed from ff13 and 13.2 much like the story so i guess that makes sense um i will say that the actual usage of the music in the game is odd i said this in my review but you can't really, well, I'm sure you could, but it seems to me that you can't predict when and where you're going to hear a lot of the music. Like some of the field music you can predict, like, okay, well, I'm in the Dead Dunes, so I'm going to hear this Dead Dunes song. But there are several pieces that can play depending on what time of day it is. And especially with combat, I felt like the music, the battle music was just random almost. It's probably related to the in-game clock and maybe the strength of the enemy I'm fighting related to my own strength or whatever. But I had a couple of favorite tracks that I only heard a couple times throughout the entire game, and I was like, oh, what the hell? Because, um, you know, you get you get pumped when there's a song you really like and you're fighting battles and stuff. And I was like, well, I'm glad I'm just hearing the original Blinded by Light over and over <laughs> instead of Savior of Souls or whatever else is cool. But I would say, like, so, okay, my, my final opinion on the game is... Your final you, heaven. <laughs> no, not final heaven. If you're uh, an existing fan of FF13, like if you actually like 13 and 13.2, absolutely play it. You will get some story resolution, and that's a big part of why I wanted it. Um, if you're if you haven't played either of them, it might be okay to play. I mean, like it's got good gameplay, but the story you'll you'll be like, what the hell is happening to my life right now? Yeah, if that's, you that's why I can't even approach it. Like I, I think you you hit on something there. Like if it had been an all new cast. I might have felt like it was penetrable, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, I, I only interacted with these characters for a couple hours, and it was like, it's like being at a party you didn't really like, and uh, and now, hey, guys, we're doing another party this weekend. No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't need to come to that. Interesting metaphor, but I get where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea, and, you know, I, I feel left out now, and that's fine, but... I don't. Th- I, I, I just will wanna... say I watched the entire plot of Thirteen Two in a movie on YouTube. So if you really wanted to play it, and you had eight hours to spare, you could. 
but uh, I get the sense that you don't. I don't think it's a piece of crap, though. I I don't think it's a piece of crap, and a lot of people on the net are like, "This is the worst game that's ever come out in my entire life." Oh, it is. No, it's it's not. People definitely have not played enough bad games if that's what they think. Yeah, seriously. I I direct them to Dungeons and Dragons Daggerdale. Oh man. I direct them to Time and Eternity. I direct them to Legends of Ethereus. I would have laughed uh, so Lucifer. hard, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle uh, would have laughed so hard if Jeez. he said, I direct them to Bravely Default. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, for, me, for me, it was Lucius. Oh, my God. I, I thought we've you were going to love that game, too. Site. I thought I was, too. It was like an old-school Hitman game, except it wasn't fun. Well, it was like a, a graphic adventure version of Hitman, but yeah. Ugh. I'll have to play that concept out, I guess. Mm-mm. Hey Rob, I hear you really like the new Thief. No wait, not an oh, RPG. No, why would you do sure. that? Why <laughs> would you? Not an RPG. Not an RPG. It's made by a bunch of guys who I don't think will be making another RPG. So there you go. Yee. I'm done. I'm done talking about Lightning Returns. I, I hear what you're saying, and I, you know, I think I, the the Final Fantasy 13 thing was not for me, um, and that's fine. And I think some people really enjoy it, and that's great. I, I do not begrudge them that, and I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. But, you know, it, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my party. It wasn't my ride. I never got into it. I was really excited when I first saw Final Fantasy XIII at an E3. I feel like that was E3 tw- 2005, maybe. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore about Final Fantasy. And I'm going to give 15 a shot. But, you know, I'm... I don't like know. I, I think before, the people you really got made an awesome Final Fantasy already. Right. You really have to consider the difference in who's heading the project. This is no longer going to be uh, uh, Motoyama. So, yeah, which a lot of people, and I, I don't mean to cast aspersions because I don't necessarily agree with this, but a lot of people think he's the reason Final Fantasy has been the way it is lately because it's sort of his creative direction. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I would agree with that. I don't. I don't wish the guy any ill will, but like, I do not like his vision for Final Fantasy. Yeah, like, Type Zero was so good that I'm excited that the people making that are involved with 15 rather than this guy, because Type Zero had a lot of the things that I do associate with the games in that series that I like. I just want another Matsuno game. I mean, we've got Unsung Story, but... I just want him to be able to finish a game that he starts. Yeah. I want another Evil East game, too. I want Fortress! Whatever I actually don't want was. Fortress. No, I, I, want, I don't want that either. I want an RPG in Ivalice. You don't want to play as Ash running around? No. Like a, I mean, if it's fun, I suppose. Does she have it, that ridiculously it, it, short skirt again? The booty, the booty skirt? The, the, the skirt that does not make physical sense. It could be like Metal Gear Rising, and it could be like Ash Revengeance, and she'll be like, I am Ash, Ivalice Reborn. <laughs> She's definitely pretty mad throughout the entirety of FF12. Yeah, I think that's turn, why I like her, her so a half robot and be No, I actually liked her for that reason, too, because that's... First of I all, that's was not... Bad. I just said she was pissed. She, to me, she's what Lightning wants to be, like uh, a character that has a reason to kind of be, you know, sort of edgy and tough, except she actually has a reason to be edgy and tough. And, like. and you know what? Here's the thing. Lightning has a reason, but you never see that reason. You're told yeah. that reason. But true. in 12, like 12's plot, you know, unfortunately didn't pan out, but it had such a great setup because you spend the entire introduction of the game learning why Ash is upset. And experiencing why Ash is upset. And, like, she's upset because she's royalty. 
and she's like feels beholden to her people who are like totally screwed by this empire. You get a personal version of that because like at, or, uh, Vaughn's brother is the character he plays and he's killed in the beginning by all this plotting. So, and you have like all these different dynamics of why these people are bad and why Ash is angry. So it's like when she's upset about what's happening and frustrated, you can appreciate it because you've actually seen why, not just been told. Yeah, uh, Bosch got betrayed and uh, Vaughn's upset because it's his brother and Ash is upset because it's her kingdom, right? Just read the, read the encyclopedia. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out plot-wise, but like I, I agree. That's why I think she is a really interesting character because she doesn't have typical game character motivations. I don't know. It's just not. It doesn't pan I out. Just, but. I want to play FF12 all the time. Like I, that's it's. I don't know what changed because it was not my favorite when it came out, and over the years, my opinion of it has shifted gradually more towards the positive, and now it's really close to my favorite Final Fantasy. I just love 12 I forever. really wish I could say that. I, 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 really I like 12 I a lot, but I think it's one of those games that I like a lot, but I I admit that it's flawed. It's just more painful yeah, than usual to admit that it's flawed because absolutely. of how good it could have been. Yep, I agree with that. I, it, it definitely is flawed, for sure. Like I, I will not argue that one bit, but I just... Something about its art direction and world and... The overall plot, even though it didn't sort of go... Like, the characters didn't get as developed as I wanted them to, but uh, a lot of things about FF12 appeal to me incredibly, and that's a big part of why I got an FF12 tattoo. Yeah, it, and you know what I like about it is... Uh, not to derail us totally, this will be all I say, but uh, it's it's kind of the same thing I liked about Banner Saga. Banner Saga did it better, but 12 attempts to show you both the macro level of what's happening with this war with Arcadia... In the micro. And also the personal level. And that's how you make somebody care about a story. Mm-hmm. Why do you care about what's happening in um, the War of the Lions? Because you know all the people it's affecting. Whereas, yep. you know, when you say, oh, the world's in danger, that's sad. And you're in town for five minutes. I lost an apple because of everything that's bad. Well, that's the Mass Effect argument. I mean, the reason why people love Mass Effect is because you are invested in these characters. I mean, that's that was the thing that I heard from a lot of the, you know... Mass Effect 3 apologists who are like, well, it doesn't matter because the journey is what mattered and, and getting to know all those characters. And I agree with that to a certain extent. But, you know, the fact that you were so interested, you were so invested in those characters is why we really played those games. When it comes back to bringing it back to Final Fantasy 13, I think that's my major disconnect is I, I can take a lot of BS, but if I don't like any of the characters, which I didn't, I mean, Saz was I like, the only guy I, like I somewhat Saz, liked. And I don't feel like he got enough attention. Based on just what I've seen. Yeah, I actually I really I like know. Sarah, but um, also I didn't really touch on actually, it. Actually, I like Noel too. But. In my review, or, yeah, Noel is cool. But Lumina is actually a really cool character, but I can't say anything about her because it's spoilery. But you she's a really me. cool character. Yep. I had Derek spoil the entirety of the game for me. <laughs> yep. Did it make sense? I'm not saying anything. That's enough. I, I, don't, I don't. It's too new to give anything away. Like. You can tell by the way somebody reacts to things that, you know, whether or not certain things pan out a certain way. So I don't want to say anything further about it because I don't want to spoil it for people that are going to play it. That's all I got to say, man. Okay. So Final Fantasy 13, uh, we hate it. No, just kidding. Uh, God. No, 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 no. hatred today, Rob. No, I I just think it's tough. And, you know, I, I think it's good to have Final Fantasy 13 behind us. If that the makes sense. Will be I would agree with that. 
I think it's good to have it behind us. I think it's time for, for us to move on. I think it, uh, Lightning needs a rest. It, it's kind of like the Batman needs a rest thing. Like We've seen enough Batman movies, enough Batman stuff going on lately. It, it's okay. We can... You're just trying to hawk the fact that you don't like Ben Affleck as Batman. Batman? I, I like Ben Affleck. I, I, just I do don't, too. I'm just kind of done with Batman for a while. Like I, I got three amazing that's Batman what, movies. I'm, you I'm know good. What, that's what you said after you finished Dark Souls 1, and yet here we are excited for Dark Souls 2. Well, it's been a couple of years. I've had some time to chill a little okay. bit. Like, I'm ready to go. Uh, you know what other game I needed some time to chill about, and now uh, <clears throat> go. we're kind of playing it right okay. now. No, Steven. we're doing exactly no, what, what the readers or the listeners say we do. Which is? They're like, you guys always talk about Dark Souls and Diablo. Well, here we freaking go. Well, Yeah, but there's a reason to talk about Dark Souls and Diablo right now. Dark Souls is getting a sequel in like a week. I don't, I don't want and to And Diablo this. 3 is getting an expansion, and it got a very major patch. I don't uh, want your legitimate reason. Patch. Hey, we've done a really great job of not bringing it up too much. Yeah, 400 babies worth of patch. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who stopped following Diablo because you hate it because they broke the loot system and Blizzard, Blizzard hates you, Blizzard hates you, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, the pre-expansion pack patch came out. Like, now the launcher looks like Reaper of Souls, the expansion, and this patch is sort of aimed at getting the core game in line with what you're going to need for the expansion. The key things it includes is that loot 2.0 system that they ta- that they've been really hyping up a lot, a ton of skill changes and lots of other, like, it adds clan support, community support, a bunch of other, like, little stuff. It revamps the difficulty system completely so that the old difficulty levels no longer exist. Um, and being the jaded skeptic I am, I really, really liked Diablo 3. I really, really liked Diablo 3. <laughs> but I, but it was like, my anticipation for it was like this crazy high and I was up the roller coaster, up the roller coaster, and then it just dropped straight because I was like, I had 80 hours in the game. I didn't see uh, the the lack of variety in loot and character building had kind of killed me, and I was really skeptical. You can ask Rob. He texted me the other night at like midnight, and he's like, "Hey, Diablo patches out. It's awesome. Try it." And I'm like, "Eh, I don't feel like they can fix the loot in that game." Uh, I changed my mind because they have clearly shown that they understand what was wrong with the original loot system, and it's. It's exciting to play it again because now I'm excited to pick stuff up because of the way they've they've reduced the number of crap drops you find and they've sort of tailored it closer to, you know, like when you, when you're out running around you find stuff that's more tailored for your class. Although you still do find stuff for other classes, which was a problem I was going to have. Which is, you know, I like finding stuff for my other classes when I'm on one character. Um, and just within an hour, I had found stuff that was better than everything I was holding and more interesting because. My big problem with it before was the whole all that mattered was just raise your numbers, raise your numbers. The core gameplay did not change. It was just a matter of, oh, I need bigger numbers so I can do bigger damage. Now they've they've added the system where you can keep leveling and level up your different statistics. And rather than just strength, mana, that sort of stuff, it's like interesting stuff like how much area of effect damage you do or, um, gosh, what are some of the other ones? Like, so what you're telling me is that all you can increase is not strength? Not strength. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, sorry, it, I caught you. It, it really you can is, increase the strength? It, well, like, you can raise, like, your attack speed. You can raise your cooldown reduction. So now it's, it's you the, have... It's the badass points from Borderlands. It is. It's exactly like, like that. Is. However, the impact of them is much more noticeable than they were in Borderlands, I think. Um, I would agree with that. 
not because they weren't noticeable, because in Borderlands it was just meant to sort of be a bonus thing. Whereas here, now you actually have the ability to customize your character in a certain direction. Like, you know, say you want to have a guy who casts Frozen Orb, which is now a rune, and it's awesome from Diablo 2. Um, super duper fast. You can reduce your cooldown reduction so you're casting it crazy fast. You know, you can raise, like, your movement speed, your maximum power for certain classes. Uh, you know, you can raise the amount of area effect damage, how much your resources cost if you leech life when you attack. So they've added interesting statistics. But most importantly, what they've added is they've fixed it so, like, legendary items are the best, like they're supposed to be. And one of my things I loved about Path of Exile and Diablo 2 was that you could find an item like an axe. Johnny's axe. Every time you hit somebody with Johnny's axe, Johnny is summoned and he farts on somebody. <laughs> and that kind of crazy randomness that was fun. It made like it wasn't like, oh, a cool axe drop. I'm going to do 50 more damage now. That's how it was in Vanilla Diablo 3. With this patch now, you know, I pick up, uh, gosh, somebody posted something earlier that was really a really neat concept. Like, on hitting enemy, you have a chance to summon a lightning giant who will run around stomping on people. That kind of crazy stuff. And it, it, it's... It allows you to be a little more creative with what you're doing. So I'm, you know, kind of droning on, but it's... If you ever love Diablo 3 and want a reason to go back to it before the patch, uh, it's already drastically improved. I'm markedly more excited for the for the expansion pack than I was. Because before I was like, oh, more content. I'm not interested in the new class. I'm still going to play it and quit. And now I'm like legitimately very excited to play the expansion pack because of what it, what else it adds. Yeah, I mean, th there's some huge advancements. Um, I was able to fix my absolutely broken Demon Hunter in about 15 minutes to go from, wow, I can't play any of the modes on Inferno because the game is just not fun, to, okay, I have serious survivability. I'm actually picking up some cool weapons now. It it's a massive improvement. Now, I think that if you still don't like the fact that in playing Diablo 3, you're basically getting a list of a ton of different skills, and that's really the difference between your character and somebody else's and you can easily switch your character up you know some people are still going to have a problem with that but i think what yeah, they've, like, they, they've made things much more viable they've made more skills better i think their their plan of attack was to make every skill awesome now instead of just like well this have, is the build that you have to use yeah or like this is the best skill that does the most damage so use it now it's like i'm using skills that i never ever would have used before like, and I'm excited to try different ones because they're so interesting now. And, like, I've just been bouncing between a couple before I start, like, specializing my stats. Because I'm just actually having fun with crazy different skill combinations now. It's the way... It's... it's Diablo... I think the style of Diablo 2 character creation is dated. And this is why Dave will disagree with me that I think Torchlight 2 is not advanced enough and feels like Diablo 2. Diablo 2 is a game about picking one or two skills and maxing them out and killing everything forever with them. Diablo 3, as it was conceived, is a game where you're supposed to have fun playing with the synergy of your different skills. Like, you know, cat, like for example, cast Blizzard to slow enemies down, then use a stationary attack, stack it up on them, and then it kills them because they can't move out of it. It didn't work in vanilla Diablo 3, now it does. So now you ha the game is saying, what combination of skills can you find that you really like? Yeah. I, I think it's really a, a huge advancement. I'm excited for Reaper of Souls again, which I didn't think I was going to be excited for. But, you know, here I am. I'm ready to start up a new character. I'm really looking forward to trying the uh, the Crusader. You know, really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. I'm happy. 
you know, I think it's maybe a sign that it took two years for this to really come out, for this to really, for them to fix a lot of things. And oh, think, also, it guts the auction house. Thank be, God. Surely. Thank God. Cause Which I know Dave pointed out that he was mad and not going to play it, I think, probably because Blizzard spent two years saying, no, it's integral to our vision of the game. We can't get rid of it. We can't get rid of it. Okay, we'll get rid of it. Yeah, I think they um, compromise them. It's the SimCity thing. It's the guys saying, oh, yeah, we can't take the online out of SimCity, and then saying, oh, wait, oh, we can. oh yeah, yeah, we can. I think they just had a very different game in mind with Diablo 3. And, you know, I think they lost something because of that. But, you know, they're back on track. Let's see Let's see where they end up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more positive on it than I was. Because I was definitely a, I'll just play Path of Exile. It's better, fan. But uh, now I'm legitimately excited to play this more. As we just hear the clicking in the background with Steven. No. <laughs> click, 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 click. Derek, you going to play with us? Yeah. I haven't cool. touched it in quite a while, but I should probably patch it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it, it takes like an hour to patch because yeah. it has to reconfigure all your files. Mm. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. I hadn't played it in a while either. Like, I literally, I, I, I had, hadn't, I had, like, lost my authenticator, so I couldn't play. So I had to go through all these hoops to get back on, like, removing my authenticator and finding where if I still had the game installed and stuff. But well, That's what you get for losing your authenticator. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I'll play it. Yeah. I've actually been kind of... I haven't really looked into anything about reversals, but um, I definitely am interested in trying it. I, I was in the minority that enjoyed Diablo 3 when it came out, although I do recognize that it had a lot of issues. I loved uh, it. Yeah, I yeah it like, it, it was a fun game. It just... It wasn't what people were expecting. Right. Right. And it, it, And the design philosophy with which it was made was not executed on. Well, I'll tell you this much. It's better than Thief. <laughs> I heard Thief is a great game. Tell us about it. I mean, Just kidding. I, don't because no, no, no. I'm not. It's not, not recruit. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. But I, I will say, and and Stephen and I were talking a little bit the other night when I started playing Thief. You know, we we like to make predictions on this show. I think we're going to be hearing a lot about Idos Montreal very soon. I it would not surprise me if they got downsized quite a bit. And I'm I'm honestly concerned about the next Human Revolution game. I am Pers- uh, personally, next day I feel like everybody knew that game was going to tank, so they had kind of just said, "All right, finish it, get it out, and we'll move on to our next project." I don't like that philosophy, but I feel like as a corporate thing, that's what happened. I feel like everybody knew that game was coming out and getting panned because they were like, "Just finish it. We've been making it forever. We we got nothing." It could end up selling very well. I mean, it it might, but uh, the way I put it, and again, it's not an RPG, but. To me, Thief felt like the first game from Eidos Montreal, like their first game, and Deus Ex Human Revolution feels like their second game, if that makes sense. And I think that that... I don't really need to say anything more than that. Uh, I, I am worried about another Deus Ex game from those guys, but you know, let, let's hope that Square Enix recognizes that there were maybe some issues with Thief. And I, I think Human Revolution was a great game. You know, Kyle hated that too. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, he didn't. Kyle liked Human Revolution. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just, it was so easy. It was so easy. No, I, I think Human Revolution was a great game, and I really will be disappointed if we don't get another one because of the, the train wreck that kind of happened with... Train train wrecks may be a strong word, but the, the problems, the the uh, the challenges that went into making Thief. Yeah, uh, hard to say, but we'll see. Not an RPG. Not an RPG, but uh, <laughs> I, we might get an announcement of the next Deus Ex game at E3. I think I would. M- I would be shocked if we don't find out what they're working yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. I actually, because they've been hinting that they want to let a Western studio make a Final Fantasy. 
I still maintain I would love to see Outest Montreal make some kind of Final Fantasy game. Really? Like, I'm not saying I want them to go and make Final Fantasy 16, although I I think no, thank you. whether or not it's a numbered title is completely arbitrary, and I think that I, I actually disapprove of your hesitance because I don't think it matters who's making it as long as it adheres to what's good about Final Fantasy. I, I think that's the logic that Konami's been using for the past couple of years with their properties. And uh, yeah, we got Silent Hill Downpour and Lords yeah, of Shadow. And, Lords and of Metal Shadow. Gear Revengeance, which is amazing. No, but that was but that was made. Uh, okay, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but mm, I don't know. I, I think that, um yeah. I, I'm very skeptical. I tend not to be a skeptic, but I'm incredibly skeptical of a Final Fantasy made by Eidos. Well, think think like Crystal Chronicles. Think like an action RPG Final Fantasy that they made. I would really like that. They have great art design. I, I think everybody would just be in zippers and shades built into their foreheads. That's, Actually, that's, that's what that's, that's Tetsuya Nomura, yo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, we'll just have he doesn't work for Eidos. Characters sitting around a crystal going, I didn't ask for this. I'd play that. I'd buy that for a dollar. You would. You would. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> all right. So news. Sure. I only have a few pieces of news today, but they're all pretty news. big pieces news. of news. 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 Um. Oh, hey. Actually, by the way, listeners, we're gonna talk about Dangan Romper when we've actually played it. Yeah, Dangan I really want to play that. I really want to play. Oh my God! I make sure you don't. Make sure you do not skip the news story about uh, Virtue's Last Reward. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Oh, I don't ruin my whole between that have... and Harold Ramis dying. It's been a bad couple of weeks. I don't think we have a specific news story about uh, just, just the fact that they don't have funding. All right, well, let's just talk about it since you brought it up. <laughs> so, well, there's been a lot of interesting development on that front, though, um, because they made a big Facebook group like Operation Rainfall, and the developer noticed and. He's been tweeting a lot about how there is movement on it, and like they might be able to get somewhere with it. Part of me, and I hate to say this, feels sort of like it was a publicity stunt yeah. to generate more interest in the game. Because he got to make 999, and then he got, and he said, oh, I didn't know if I'd get to make a sequel. So, you know, he put hooks in for another one. Then he made VLR, and it's like VLR has not so much hooks for a sequel, but demands one. And I'm like, but you didn't know that the second game, which was more successful than the first game... You get to make a sequel, so you design it with that in mind. I don't know. I just feel like something doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying that they're, like, deceiving people, but there's so much more interest in it now. Like, people are talking about it. It's a conspiracy theory podcast. That's what we've it, turned it, into. It is. Although, I, I, I do think somehow it will come out. Like, they, they said, uh, you know, we've evaluated Kickstarter. We don't think it works for us, which is, uh, let me translate into PR speak, because we didn't really look at it because reasons. Um, but, meh. Yeah, I hope I, we I hope we get a sequel. I really uh, do too. We need one. I mean, if you've beaten Virtue's Last Reward, then you know that we need one. Whoa, don't. Yeah, hey, I'm not, not saying. I'm not gonna... We will not say anything. Have I ever spoiled anything? I am so freaking mindful. No, I'm not. Didn't you? But, did we just go over how you spoiled the story for Final Fantasy versus 13? Uh, no, wait. Final Fantasy. What? Wait, no. Let me try again. Final Fantasy Lightning. Re- wait a minute. I Lightning asked him returns to. Final Fantasy 13. I Steven asked, asked him me. I said, what? tell me everything that happens. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I, I just. Steven's I, usually the one that spoils things. I, I think I, it says a lot that I had to sit there and think <laughs> actively about which Final Fantasy 13 we were talking about. Well, Versus isn't a thing anymore. Versus so is not it. a thing. It is now 15. Anyway, so speaking of uh, awesome visual novels, so Rampa just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, as Rob said, we're probably going to be talking about it in the coming weeks because uh, 
I got it. I bought it on launch day. I've only put like an hour into it. Um, I made the mistake of watching the anime before the game came out because, I don't know, I guess I was impatient or something and I kept hearing good things about it. Um, supposedly, I've, I've, I've done it wrong because everybody says you should watch the anime after because it, it's kind of just like a, is it a Clip the... Notes version of the game. Um, like yeah, I was get... wondering if it's the same story. It is, yeah. It it, okay. it follows the game, and from what I can tell, like because like I said, I've only played the game for about an hour, but it seems to follow it really closely. And the anime even has a lot of um, like little nods where they show uh, the truth bullets that you fire and like screens of the investigation stuff. Wait, so excuse me, truth bullets? Yeah, you got. Sounds like the best man. game ever. All of a sudden. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it's it's, it's super cool. It's got a really interesting story, and I actually, I thought I was gonna have a hard time getting into it because it's so dark i i wouldn't i mean it's violent in in the sense that they're these kids are trapped in a school and they have to kill each other but like it doesn't show it doesn't show them gruesomely murdering each other it does show what happens afterwards like you have to investigate the crime scene basically and there are these execution sequences that are very surreal and weird it's it's bizarre anyway i didn't think it was going to be for me but i ended up really liking the anime so i got the game game's cool well luckily for us um just after the game came out, uh, Nipponichi Software America announced that the sequel is coming out here later this year. So that's yeah, both that games great. in the same year. I think that's insane. Uh, the second one is... Uh, it's connected plot-wise. It's got a new cast, but uh, not a spoiler. Well, I don't know I don't know if it is a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you. Um, there, the def- there are definitely connections between the two casts. So that's that's all I'll say. But yeah, it's coming out for Vita later this year, which is cool because uh, Danganronpa is awesome. It's uh, basically I don't know how much you've looked into it, Rob, but it's pretty much like nine 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 or Virtue's Last Award plus Battle Royale or the Hunger Games. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It looks yeah, it's uh, cool. It looks it's, cool. It's super out there, but it's cool. It looks it's weird. Very it's very it looks, unique. I like weird stuff, so I think <laughs> we all like weird stuff. And it's not it's not like tripey, crappy like. I don't know how, <laughs> how to describe it really. You know, it's not like dumb anime because there. I again, I'm a person who likes good anime, but there is definitely. It's not hyperdimension Neptunia, is what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> just unabashedly dislike. I, I would go so far as to say I hate hyperdimension Neptunia. No, no offense to people who like it, but God, no, no. Anyway, moving on from good things to other good to good-ish things. Um, Nipponichi also announced a ton of games at once. They had a press event like they do every year. So after Danganronpa 2, they announced uh, uh, North American localizations for Disgaea 4, A Promise Revisited, which is the PlayStation Vita port of Disgaea 4, because they seem to do that now, always, where they have a port of a mainline Disgaea game. Uh, Fairy Fencer F, which is actually... It's uh, it's got a similar... I think it uses the same engine as Hyperdimension Neptunia, but I've heard it's not a pile of crap. Um, <laughs> I'm so objective. Uh, and it has a soundtrack that has some work by uh, Uematsu and stuff. It, and Steven, you said it's a pretty good soundtrack, right? Listen to it. Steven stepped away. Steven well, stepped away, Steven just didn't let away. us know. Oh, well, that's nice. No, so good Steven job, Steven. It's a great soundtrack. And uh, uh, so they announced that, as well as Battle Princess of Arcadia, which is a like, side-scrolling beat-em-up with RPG elements. And the last news story, like I said, I only had a couple, is the biggest... Um, Atlas dropped a Persona bomb on our faces, and yes, we're really he, yes, happy they about did. It. They announced not one, not two, but three different guys. Oh wait, no, that's a Mori Povich video. Uh, they announced four Persona games. 
four Persona games all at once. Wowzer. We've got Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth coming out first. That's going to be fall of 2014. That's Fine. this year, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Persona Q is a first-person dungeon crawler in the vein of Etrian Odyssey. But it's got all Persona characters. Yay! And, and uh, so uh, Don Kotowski of Square Enix Music Online actually posited a great thing for music people. Sorry, I'm, I'm hijacking it again. Oh, okay. First of all, that game has the potential for crossover music, like Mass Destruction slash Reach Out to the Truth crossover. That would be amazing. Reach Out to the Destruction. Second, Yuzo Koshiro works with that team a lot. So imagine an awesome FM synthesis version of Persona music. Just think yeah. of the possibilities. I'm down. I'm down. Um, so the game, yeah, it's it has characters from it has the full cast from Persona Three and Persona Four, and you can have a party of five people and you dungeon crawl. They haven't said they haven't shown really anything of the dungeon crawlings, um, so I don't know if you're going to draw maps. But I I feel like that'd be cool. You won't. I feel like they'll be auto filled in for you. Um, but yeah, so you just don't draw maps. The battles are in first person, and it's got both casts, so you can mix and match characters to make your own Persona Dream Team, which I think is actually pretty damn cool. Um, and then, before I get to the big one, they also announced uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which is the sort of iterative sequel to Persona 4 Arena. Um, if you've ever played a Blaze Blue game or a Guilty Gear game, you'll know that Arc System Works tends to just release like a new version that's got a new it's got new plot but for the most part it's just like tweaked existing characters and then a couple new ones so that's pretty much what persona 4 arena ultimax is um we don't cover it at rpg fan but i mean like if you're a persona fan you'll want it because persona 4 arena is awesome um it it continues the story from persona 4 arena and it's got a new character named uh shomi nozuki and he's got red hair and two little katanas and He's important to the plot of the game of, of Persona 4 Arena, and I'm actually curious to see if he has any tie into Persona 5, because he does have red hair, and the theme for Persona 5 has been red hair. Well, I'm, sure um, he's gonna, I'm sure he's one of the characters. Um, you know. Hopefully. So, And then also, uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night was announced for US. That's the PlayStation That's Vita rhythm game. So buying that. I'm so buying that, too, because I love rhythm games. I love Bust a Move. I actually think that the Hatsune Miku games are pretty fun, even though I'm not like a fan of the music in them. Um, they're fun to play. So yeah, it's it's a rhythm game. <laughs> you definitely have to fight shadows by dancing. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Persona for or Persona music in general is fantastic. So sure, it's gonna be fun. And then the final big piece of news that we're all super stoked about. Uh, we didn't get any additional information on the plot, but uh, uh, Atlas did confirm that Persona Five is coming to North America uh, in early 2015. Yay! So, that's gonna be awesome. I, I it sounds really it sounds awesome. Like from that interview that was um, yeah, going yeah. You know I what know. I like that Atlas does, and they did this with Shin Megami Tensei Four. Is they don't show much of their games yeah. before they release it. Like you don't, you're not. Nobody's going into Persona Four like knowing the entire cast of characters and everything that everyone does and all of the major side quests. Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. Sorry, I'm making fun of Skyrim, but no, that's what they did. The, but they they actually that's a good point because they did that with Lightning Returns. Um, they put out promo video after promo video after promo video, and by the time I actually played the game, I was like, I feel like I've seen all of this, and that's my fault for being the one who kept consuming it, um, kept watching the trailers, and kept clicking the links. But like, I appreciate their restraint, and I I want it like. I guess I want to know who the main cast is before the game comes out. Like, I just want mm-hmm. to see some art and stuff, but I don't want to know like in-depth stuff. I just I just, want to experience it in the game. 
I think back to how much fun I had in Golden knowing literally nothing about Persona 4 and like experiencing it being like, I don't know who I'm going to get in my party. I don't know who all the characters are. I'm actually probably going to black out on Persona 5 and just play it and not know anything. I want to say that I, I, I wish I could do that, but I can't because Persona feeds my very soul. So I'm going to have to. I wouldn't mind I like no... getting a small glimpse and yeah. then shutting down like nothing else. Yeah, I'd like to see the characters and that's about it. I can deal with that. Just knowing a couple of characters and knowing, you know, that basic, basic outline. Yeah. Basic gameplay stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so that's really exciting. And that is the uh, yeah. news I have for the day. Yep, I am excited. Lots of good stuff coming. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be an awesome this year. year is we, crazy already, we haven't like... even hit E3 yet. No, like, I don't... I mean, it's, it's February. It, well, it won't be by the time you hear this podcast. It's February 27th. And I've gotten, like... I got Tales of Symphonia Chronicles. I just beat Strider. Uh, I got Danganronpa. I've been playing Wolf Among Us. And then there's like, the next month is insane. I think I've done this on almost every podcast. I'm not going to list all the stuff that's coming out again. But, oh, oh, and now I can get Ground Zeroes. Now that they're going to, did you guys hear that they're dropping they Ground low- Zeroes to 30 bucks? Yeah, they so, lowered the price of it on next gen. That's awesome. That's reasonable. Like, I still think 30 is a little bit high. But uh, I really want to play a game on the PS4. So, I'll do it. I'll buy into that. I'll be a sucker. Well, I also kind of think of it this way. They, they've they said it'll be 8 or 9 if you do all the side stuff. You know what? $30 for an 8 or 9 hour game is, by today's standards, pretty good. Yeah. Zone of the Enders was a 2 hour game that was $50. Yeah, but I was pissed about that. I mean, I like Yeah, game, I was but... too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was mad about it, but... Anyway, uh, this year is already really amazing, and uh, next on the next podcast, I'm sure I'll be able to talk about it. I am playing uh, Atelier, or... You know, in th- this time in the game, they call it Atelier. Like... Get it straight. Pick one. Be consistent. Somebody be French or be or be English. Director. Yeah, but they, they actually call it Atelier, but it's Atel- it's Atelier, and then their names are pronounced really. It's actually uh, Eska and Logi. Um, I thought it was going to be Esha and Logi, but it, they pronounce it. So it's Atelier, Eska and Logi. Um, I'm playing that right now. I just got it for review. I got it a bit early, which is awesome. And it's not really embargoed, so I can talk about it to some extent, but I will have much more to say next time. It's really good. So, if you like Atelier or Atelier games, you will like it for sure. Cool. Anyway, this year is awesome. So that's all I'm saying. I would yeah. say this year is awesome. We get. Uh, I'd say you're awesome. I should have been. I. I. Next time we record, I will probably have played South Park. Mm. Rob will probably actually, have played Dark Souls. I want to hear about that. I really hope that. Yes. That. See, all three of us. Sorry, Kyle. All three of us get to play games that we really care about right now. And the next time we'll be super enthused. Yeah, this is this is going to be an intense couple of weeks now. I yeah, am, did you did I you hear excited. that, ladies and gentlemen? Rob will be getting Dark Souls and reviewing it. Dark oh, Souls boy. two. Oh boy. We wish I, him luck. And I'm God ready to go. His soul. I'm ready to go. Get, yeah, exactly. God have mercy on my soul. I think I'll be okay. I think I'll be okay. Mm. Or or not. It'll finally break me. It's okay. We're. I'm I'm just waiting for you to come back and complain about how you didn't want to rush through it so Steven can just absolutely rip you apart. <laughs> I think I think part of the reason why is because I I don't think we're gonna get a PC release until May. And yeah. I, I don't I, think I can wait. Not touch until it comes out on PC. I don't want to wait. It's gonna be difficult, but you know what? I I can wait. Do your best. Come on. I can't wait. Yep. Well, all right. I, I say all that, but you know, who knows what might happen? What might happen? You're gonna cave. Indeed. I'm not saying I'm not gonna cave. Give in to your. Anyway, so it's been real. 
yeah, yeah, I think we had a good good show, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. As always, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or through the RSS feed. Again, Derek was pointing out all of the great games that are coming up, so make sure to stay tuned, and we will see you all next time.